Hey guys, first and foremost, thank you all so very much for tuning in to this Star Wars Celebration recap. This weekend was a blast to cover. I'm so glad we get to share it with you all. I did want to give you all a little heads up. Right around minute 37, uh, for some reason, the entire audio just cut out. I don't know why. don't know what happened. Um, and it's really kind of upsetting because it's right when I'm about to talk about um, Gungi, the little Wookiee Jedi from Clone Wars who might be making an appearance in Bad Batch. At least that looks like him in the trailer. So, you know, that part's kind of upset, upsetting. But, you know, I, I still get to talk about Gungi and he's still great. Um, so I just wanted to give you all a little heads up about that. So thank you all so very much for your patience and thank you all so much for tuning in. Now, back to the podcast. You all have a wonderful day and I hope you all enjoy. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to a special edition of, well, kind of, I mean, it's, it's definitely a special edition of Phantom Talk, but it's also kind of a special edition of the Star Wars EU or EU review, mm-hmm. um, which if this is your first one that you guys are listening to from this series, um, you do not have to worry about listening to the others because uh, they all kind of stand on their own. However, if you want to, feel free to go back and look at some of the other star wars podcasts that we have done if you are unaware of what we are mainly talking about today or unaware of what happened this past weekend this past weekend was star wars celebration it is the biggest star wars convention in the world it happens typically every two years um this one was kind of like a kind of like catching up due to you know covid and everything um because they haven't this is the first one they've had in three years and I don't know. I know next year they're going to do another one. I'm not sure if they're going to start doing it yearly or if it's just kind of a reset to where the 23rd or 2023, 2025, and then so on and so forth. But who knows? We'll see, we'll see how it goes. But if you missed out on anything that happened this week, because not only is it a big convention where there's all kinds of vendors and there's all kinds of panels that people of the different people – who have made the films and the shows and the books and the comics and people who have portrayed the different characters, actors and everything. Um, they all get on there and do their own little panels and do their own little discussions. And of course they had their 20th anniversary of attack of the clones, which I just want to, you know, don't want to throw too much shade, but I mean, they are two weeks past the, after the fandom correspondence, but you know, some of us, you know, we're just a little, little bit more on top of their game. Apparently. Um, but if you did want to watch anything about Star Wars Celebration and see kind of what it was about on the Star Wars YouTube channel, they had four different, uh, live streams that I think each one is about at least five hours long. Um, and because I'm insane, I've watched all of them. Um, so (laughs) skipping a few things here and there, but definitely wanted to get the main crux of everything that was announced because they do announce a lot of things at the Star Wars Celebration, and that's what we're here to talk about. If you do not know me or know my voice by now, my name is Jacob Vance Hardesty. I'm the editor-in-chief of the Fan of Correspondence here. Love pretty much all things Star Wars and am so ready to talk about all the exciting stuff that was announced this past weekend and stuff that we might be seeing later on this year and in the 2023 as well. However, I cannot, cannot do this without my wonderful co-host from... Not only just being one of the fan and correspondents in general, but also the co-host of the Star Wars EU or EU review, Mr. Al Manley, better known as the Red Lanyard. Al, you doing all right today, man? I'm doing just fantastic. I'm ready to talk about some Star Wars. I've got my, I've got my 
Chewbacca um, coat on. What's that thing called? Uh, Snuggy. Snuggy. There you go. <laughs> Got my Chewbacca <laughs> Snuggy on. I'm ready to to talk about some Star Wars boys because boy was there a lot to talk about. There was. There was. Um, when I was sharing my notes for this within our group chat, Josh was asking me, because we had said we were going to make this kind of a, a shorter episode, and Josh was asking me, he's like, how is this going to be a shorter episode? Well, there's a lot that was announced that was just kind of like quick hit stuff that we're just going to kind of touch on briefly, and we're just going to kind of jump right in. Um, we also, real quick, we are not going to be talking about any spoilers. Um or at least we're going to try to avoid spoilers as much as we can. We might be talking a little bit about The Bad Batch at one point, and about Season 1, and a little bit about The High Republic and kind of where it's standing. Um, but we will not be spoiling anything about Kenobi. Um, we will not be spoiling anything about... Oh, we'll be spo- Excuse me, Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett. But honestly, if you haven't watched Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett by this point, man, like... You gotta get on it. Like you, yeah. you, you got you gotta get caught up. I, I, I understand we got you know we got lives, we got other things we got to do. But I mean, those shows been out for a while and they're fantastic. So you definitely need to check them out. But first up, what we're gonna talk about is the video games that were announced. Now there were really only three video games that were that were showcased at this. Um, there was a little bit about Galaxy of Heroes, which is a mobile game. Uh, they are apparently adding their own version of Darth Malgus from the Old Republic. Um, so that's kind of interesting. Um, they also showed video of Star Wars Hunters, which is really like I'm 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 only annoyed because I don't have it yet. Like that game looks so much fun. I'm I'm so ready to play it. It's going to be on mobile. And it's going to be on Switch. And it's going to be a free free to play game on both. Um, it's basically going to be a, a, a I think it's called a MOBA style. Is that is that that's what League of Legends and Dota Two is, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Excuse me. Um, I'm I'm fairly unfamiliar with those games. I will readily admit that it's one of the few like styles of games that I haven't really jumped into, mainly because I tried to play Smite once and quickly got destroyed because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but this one looks to be a lot of fun, um, particularly if nothing else, and because the guys who were covering the Star Wars celebration, they they cover they talked about this character a lot. Um, Utuni is two Jawas in a trench coat. Um, uh, stacked on top of each other because they needed to be tall enough to enter the the arena that they are fighting in, and they are named Utuni. And I just cannot explain to you how much I I want to just dominate the game with a character named Utuni, um, who is two little Jawas in a trench coat. Lo- love it, love it so much. Um, but yeah, we have no release date, which that part's kind of annoying. But there are a lot of videos to check out with the different characters that are showing that they're showing, and it looks. It looks really interesting. I'm I'm really intrigued to see, and uh, obviously, whenever that does happen, we'll definitely be getting some gameplay on stream, and uh, you guys can check that stuff out later. Um, the next one that was kind of announced was really a quick hit. Like I didn't even notice it until um, earlier this morning. I was unable to watch. <clears throat> excuse me. I was un- unable to watch the entirety of the celebration live stream yesterday. Um, on yesterday. Uh, however, I was catching up this morning before we were getting ready for this, and I didn't realize that they officially announced um, that they are going to be releasing uh, Knights of the Old Republic 2 on Switch on June 8th, which is literally next week, like like 10 days from now, roughly. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Knights of the Old Republic 2, man, it's it's coming. Um, 
I will readily admit I have not beat the first one. I never have gotten around to it. Everyone always is very shocked. Two th- two Star Wars things that people are always shocked that I haven't done is beat Knights of the Republic one and Red Heir to the Empire. Um, both of those things will be will be finished before the end of this year, though. I, I guarantee you that. I promise it. Um, in fact, I might stream my not my KOTOR playthrough. Um, Al, did you ever have any chance to play Knights of the Republic uh, one or two? Um, I played through one. Um, it's it's one of those games where um, I definitely appreciate it for what it is. Um, I'm really excited f- to play the remake um, that's coming out eventually because, um, you know, it came out in its own time, and that's that's all right. <laughs> um, but um, I'm ready to get my hands on the remake. Um, I'll be interested to see what they do with the port. Um, for two on switch because two i've played a little bit of it i haven't played it all the way through um it'll be an interesting one to see just like if they're sprucing anything up on it or if they're just like taking the bare bones of it and just kind of slapping it onto the switch um i don't really know um how much of it you can update um how much of it you can without um, changing at least a couple things. But I guess we'll see. So, um, yeah, that's one that I might try on Switch. Um, Hopefully the remake of one sells really well and is really good, that we might get a remake of two as well. Uh, That'd be great. But if not, it's good to know that you have an option to play two without having to invest in, like, um, a PC or something if you're a console gamer. Um, so, So, yeah, I'm down for it. I'm down for all ports. I'm down... For preserving games in general, that's um, that's always a nice thing. So I'm always down for a good port. Yeah, you know, like not not getting too too off subject, but that does seem to be something that is kind of making a comeback where people are wanting to do you know more remakes and more remasters and everything. Some to varying degrees of, of success, but uh, but yeah, I'm I, but I'm right there with you. I, I am glad this one's getting an, an updated one. I. I have heard a lot of people have hot takes and say that the KOTOR 2 has a better story than the first one. Um, I have heard that before. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued to play through both of them. L- like I said, I this will be my probably fourth time playing the opening to to the first game. <laughs> and um, I, I've different things have happened where either A, I started playing something else, or B, I tried playing it on the Xbox 360, and it... It almost shouted no at me, like as I was trying to play it, kind of, kind of situation, uh, which would happen with when you were trying to play certain Xbox original Xbox games on 360. But, but anyways, mo- moving on, moving right along, um, we are going to um, we are we are going to talk about the last and the main game that was announced at Star Wars Celebration, which is Star Wars Jedi Survivor, which is the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order from 2019. I believe I think 2019 um yes because it coincided with Rise of Skywalker um yeah man dude I you know what's funny Al is I remember talking to you I think I think you had brought it up either last month or the month before I know it was during one of the EU or you uh podcast where you had said I that you were just so surprised that that game Never had any kind of DLC or anything added onto it, like th- that. That it was almost like e- like EA and Respawn 
brought the game out and then just like left it and just were like, Here, there you go. It's, it's out now. It's yours. You know? <laughs> yeah. It was an interesting one. Um, especially with, again, we won't get into any like hard spoilers or anything like that. Um, I know this is probably in a lot of people's backlogs of games they need to play. I know I've got a huge backlog of games I need to work through as well. So um, I won't get into any spoilers or anything, but especially with how the story in that game goes and how it ends again, no spoilers at all, but again, it ends very open-endedly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I was very surprised that there was no kind of um, TLC release as far as like um, any additional content for after the adventure, no additional content for like any to like play through any more sequences from like the flashbacks that are there throughout the game um, that Cal has. Um, there was no TLC where you could play as like any of the dark side characters. I mean, like all of these opportunities for DLC that seemed pretty um, obvious to me. Uh, there wasn't really anything released. I think there were a few patch updates that released like you can now find and unlock like the orange sweatshirt that Cal wears. Mm. Just like, ooh, ooh, tell me more. Mm. Um, <laughs> but, um, as far as the post-game content though goes, uh, that was really an um, an unaddressed area, which always surprised me. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of stuff they um, they've held onto or or that they've hooked up for a follow-up to the first game. Uh, because again, that uh, that is a game whose story ends just very, very openly, where it could go absolutely anywhere. Um, I think it almost does that to kind of a fault, um, personally. Um, I won't go into any huge opinions I have on the game because it might just show up on its own episode of EU or EU sometime. Oh, uh, ooh, oh. Ooh, we'll see. <laughs> um, but. But yeah, that'll be interesting to see what they do. A lot of people really, really adore that game and really adore the cast. Um, so, so uh, regardless, I'm glad that a sequel is going to exist because there's a lot of people that um, already it's made very happy. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want to get too deep into it because... Uh, as as Al said, who knows? There there might be a plan to have it on the EU or EU review later this year. Um, <laughs> once again, also something else we timed out well because even before we knew there was going to be a sequel, we were planning this. But anyways, um, but yeah, you know, Fallen Order. There were like like you said, Al. That game had a really strong following. Um, like, not to the sense of, like, everyone was, like, immediately clamoring for, like, a sequel, but at the same time, like, you had a lot of people who just really liked the lightsaber combat, really liked a lot of the, like, story elements about it. Um, the second sister just is one of the better villains I've seen in a, in a Star Wars story in a long time, mm-hmm. um, which I think the Inquisitors are, a lot of them are really interesting, and, and we're, I'm excited to see more of them in different productions here soon. Um, but, uh but yeah, no, I just I'm I was surprised to get a trailer, especially that uh, like this soon. And of course, there there are things to talk about in the trailer. Just like wondering, like, okay, who's in the back to tank? Um, is is a big one? 
That's probably the main question, if I were to be so bold. <laughs> some some could say. <laughs> um, another one is um, is that desert planet Jeddah, or is it Jakku? Or because because I don't think it's Tatooine, uh, but I'm leaning more so towards it's Jetta. And mm-hmm. as we see that Cal loses his lightsaber in in the trailer, um, maybe he's going to Jetta to try to find another kyber crystal and build a new lightsaber. Um, it's yeah. interesting that um, there are some shots in the trailer where Cal um, um, is brandishing a blaster. Um, yeah. Instead of a saber. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see if. There's just a section of the game where he's using his blaster until he's able to either um, reclaim his reclaim his saber or like rebuild a new one, or if um, the blaster is going to be something that they will permanently work into the combat, which would be really interesting to see if you can kind of use a blaster as like as like a way to kind of tie the saber combos a bit, um, and that idea kind of. Uh, reminds me of the first lightsaber that Ezra has in Rebels, where mm-hmm. um, where the hilt of it um, is also a blaster as well. Um, so I thought that might be cool to kind of see how they treat um, that segment of the game and if that's one of the ways they're going to spruce up the combat system a bit. But um, so that'll be very interesting as far as like a gameplay um, perspective goes goes obviously like the big story thing for me from that trailer is who's in the back to tank but um (laughs) but um it will be interesting to see what they do with the combat because i think i'm one of the people who found on the combat in the first game kind of unimpressive it felt like there were like a lot of holes in the character action combat um scheme that we've kind of come to expect that weren't that um, that weren't there in this game. So um, that would be a really big thing for me with a sequel is I really want them to kind of expand that combat, uh, possibly invest in in some more traditional kind of action game combos or something like that, and then to see what else you could do, possibly with blasters or gadgets, to kind of expand it more would be really um, interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. I would. I, I, I personally hope that they do include a blaster. I think that'd be kind of cool to have them take like kind of like a Kanan Jarrus kind of uh, kind of turn to where he's using both at the same time. I think that'd be kind of interesting. Um, I am curious just real quick before we move on uh, to animated. Um, what is your wildest theory as to who is in uh, that back tank? Your wildest theory. Um, oh gosh, who, who could be in the back to tank? Um, you know what? I'm going to go with a, Ode EU edition, also from a video game, and I'm gonna go just wild and say that Cal has somehow like humble butts his way into like a a cloning area that Darth Vader has, and it's like a clone of Star Killer. Also, oh, I'll go with all that. Right. Yeah, yeah, let's okay. go for it. If we're gonna go crazy wild theories, I'm going all the way, and I'm just I'm just gonna say this is their way to put Star Killer in the new canon. Star Cannon. Hey, i you know what? Actually, I'm I'm gonna roll with that one too. I'm I'm hoping it's Star Killer in the back to tank. That'd be <laughs> so. Actually, I um, 
Yeah, no. Okay, if if we go into that, we're gonna we're I'm gonna go on a tangent about how much I love Force Unleashed, but that's a that's a whole other podcast. Um, <laughs> moving on, we are gonna talk about the Star Wars animated uh, department because they've they announced like four new shows um, that I that I had seen this just this weekend alone, and of course they're always just tossing new things out there. Um, I know for a fact that they they had done one. I have forgotten the name of it. And I forgot to write it down. I apologize. It's the higher public one that is like it's targeted for children, um, like mm, like really young yes. children. It's like Star Wars Jedi something. Um, yes. Um. Here I'll <laughs> I'll use lifeline <laughs> and call a friend to see if he can help us out while we talk about these. <laughs> But uh, while we're waiting on that, um, <laughs> we will talk about one that they they really did not give us any kind of like really kind of like story like lines about it. But I mean, of course, you can't really do storylines with this one. But that's Star Wars Visions. They announced that there would be a volume two. Um, if you have not had a chance to watch Star Wars Visions, um, you're missing out guys like 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 you really are like it's not it's not even in the sense of like you know like i was saying like mandalorian and book of boba fett like oh you have to watch no like with this you are doing yourself a disservice if you're not watching them um if you don't know what star wars visions is if, if it flew under your radar it is nine episodes from different anime companies all doing their own takes on star wars pretty much so basically so like they're you get a lot of like weird, like different episodes and, and, and certain ones. However, it all still feels very much Star Wars. It still feels very much within within that galaxy and within that universe of the different characters and the different mythos. Um, I mean, right from the, I mean, of course, the very first episode is called The Ronin, and that's the one that's going to hook you. And and I'm. Uh, I'm convinced that they were that that was a very intentional. Like we're going to use this one to start it off, um, because if you're if you're a fan of any of the the older Akira Kurosawa films or really anything that involved, if you're really just a fan of the samurai culture in general, um, and you wanted to and you were just like, what what are, what that would be like at the Star Wars universe? Let me tell you, Star Wars Visions has got you because the, the like the, that first episode just will will hook you right in. Um, they announced that it would be coming out in 2023 next year. Very excited for it, but of course you can't. I mean, if, if you're doing an anthology, you don't really want to know much about like story elements or anything, anyways, until you can get like an official trailer. And honestly, I don't even know if I want a trailer. Like, just just be like, hey, Star Wars Visions is out now. You can go watch it. You know, just let let me go in blind. I'd, I'd be okay with that. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I cannot wait for Star Wars Visions. Al, I'm assuming you're decently excited for Star Wars Visions, if I remember correctly. Oh, Visions is going to be great. Yeah, I, I'm extremely ex- excited about it. Um, as Jacob said, the very first episode of the season um, that's already out um, is called The Duel. Um, it's a, a really cool kind of Hirasawa-esque kind of um, story being told. Um, um, it's fantastic. Um, a c- couple of other episodes I want to shout out as well to anybody who hasn't gotten around to watching this one. Um, episode five um, is called um, it's called the Ninth Jedi. Um, that m- might be my favorite episode of the show. Um, um, 
it basically deals with a group of Jedi have come to the home of a smith who specializes um, in creating lightsabers. Um, and and from there, events unfold <laughs> without spoiling anything. <laughs> um, it has one of the coolest, coolest scenes um, in like almost any Star Wars thing in general that I've ever seen. Um, so that's a great episode as well. And then for any um, anybody who's like a really big anime fan out there, um, Studio um, Studio Trigger um, does an episode of this show. You get to see Studio Trigger. Uh, that's the studio um, behind the production of Kill la Kill. Um, so very like over the top, highly stylized animation styles. Yeah. Um, they do episode three. They do the twins, uh, which is one of the most that makes sense. again <laughs> unique, over the top, highly stylized <laughs> takes on Star Wars uh, that we'll probably ever see unless um, Trigger is invited back to do another episode for season two. Um, so, so um, those are great episodes of that show. So I'm yeah, I'm extremely hyped. I think Star Wars is a kind of universe that really. Um, very much benefits from those kinds of um, anthologies of stories that are open to various kinds of ideas and interpretations and creator styles. I think Star Wars is perfect for that kind of thing. So so Visions is definitely one of the more anticipated things that got announced um, this weekend for me. Yeah, it's just it's I can't wait for that show. It's it's gonna be so cool. Um, like like you had said, love the first season. Cannot wait for this one. So, yeah. Um, moving along, the the one that did not get an actual trailer, like for us, um, for those of us watching at home. See, at Star Wars Celebration, of course, they always want to do these different panels, um, where they show exclusive things for the people who are just at Celebration. And yeah, there's going to be guys who are recording and they toss on YouTube and then it'll get flagged in like an hour or two. Um, So I have seen bits of this panel and bits of this trailer, but uh, have not seen the full one like clear and where I can hear everything everyone is saying. So I don't I don't don't trust me too much on certain story elements I'm about to talk about. Um, But the next one is called Tales of the Jedi. Um, I'm really excited for this one because this is a concept that I I kind of wanted to see someone do something like this. My original plan was for something more so live action, but uh, either way, I, this I think this is going to be great. So, Tales of the Jedi is going to be an anthology series, um, currently featuring uh, three episode arcs in of prequel era Jedi that we either a have overlooked certain aspects of their story, or b we just we just love them and we want to see more of them, kind of thing. Um, it is done by Dave Filoni and, um, the two arcs that we know for a fact are going to be within this first part of the story, um, are going to be Ahsoka and her mother and early parts of her Jedi training. And then, although I love Ahsoka, um, the more interesting storyline to me is we're going to learn about Dooku leaving the Jedi order. Um, mm. along with um, Qui-Gon Jinn being his apprentice. Mm. So I'm very excited to see to see that. Um, Liam Neeson is coming back to reprise his role. 
apparently. And his Liam Neeson's son is voicing Qui-Gon when he is the apprentice to Dooku. Um, so I'm very excited to see all of that. Um, Al, had you had a chance to kind of look up some stuff about Tales of the Jedi? Um, a little bit, yeah. Uh, by the time I had um, gotten online to kind of research it, uh, many like um, clips or trailers had already um, been struck down on YouTube. So I didn't get to see any of like the animation stuff, but I was able to see some stills, um, some concept art that had been um, shown um, at the panel. Um, so yeah, it looks great. I'm always down for um, animated stuff. And um, it'll be cool. I agree with you. It'll be cool to see uh, the Count Dooku and Qui-Gon Jinn um, story uh, for sure. I think that's, <laughs> that uh, kind of strikes me as a pretty as a pretty important story to kind of the general timeline of the Star Wars saga uh, that hasn't um, had like a ton of time in the limelight <laughs> that <Yeah. laughs> um, has otherwise um, gone kind of underdeveloped, um, especially like the new canon stuff. So um, it'll be great to um, see that uh, just also... Um, to kind of flesh out those characters a bit more, but also to kind of see hopefully we get a little more explanation of how um, their relationship, the things that Qui-Gon does, the things that Count Dooku does, how those kind of fit into the greater story being told over the saga. So I think a smaller show like this is actually um, a great uh, place to do that with. Yeah, you know, I... um it's we talked a little bit about it on the um, Star Wars Bounty Hunter podcast, and we talked a lot more about it during um, the Attack of the Clones retrospective. Dooku is one of the more interesting characters that we do not get enough screen time with and we do not get enough backstory with. Um, even in Clone Wars, in my opinion, even in Clone Wars, he's still very much just a a constant threat who is interesting, but we never really get more much of his backstory. Um and so I'm I'm really excited to just go go back into this into the storyline with them. Um, one part I will point out about Ahsoka, um, which I I think is a cool callback and was obviously something that was um, very well received by the fans during watching the trailer. Um, the one thing we do see about her training while she is under Anakin, um, is she is literally doing the maneuver that saves her from Order sixty six in Episode seven. Uh, or in, excuse me, in season seven of the Clone Wars. Um, so yeah, yeah, I know. Oh my god, everybody! They did like... Order sixty six in Episode seven. <laughs> Moves uh-huh. very fast. <laughs> um, but the maneuver where she like jumps, like does that spin and jumps up on the table and everything. That's just it's a cool. It's it's such a it's such an iconic thing because that was that was something that was shown in the original trailer for that season, and so it's such an iconic scene that was kind of a cool thing to. to you know, for Filoni and, and company to make sure they included that in this as well. Um, and then another, you know, kind of, you know, twist into the knife and that Anakin is the one who basically saved her there, apparently, is the one who taught her that maneuver. So, you know, so so that's great. We're all going to go cry. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, moving on to our, the last um, thing. Listen, oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Now, yes. And now before we move away from um, the animated um, stuff that was announced, uh, we do have um, a special guest appearance real quick um, by um, our old friend and constant companion, um, research expert extraordinaire. Mm. Um, everybody, it's time for 
Fact checking boy. Star Wars edition. <laughs> um, and fact checking boy um, has handed me his research papers. Um, ah, yes. Thank you, fact checking boy. Um, and it and it seems that um, the name of the High Republic um, um, animated series is going to be Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures, which is a very very adorable name Woof. for that kind of show. So um, so I'm excited for it. Um, I I could use the excuse that I have a few now who's going to be two by the time it comes out. So I could use the excuse of you know I'm going to show. It to him, and it can be kind of his entrance into Star Wars stuff uh, with Uncle Al. But I'm going to be honest: if I didn't have Rex in my life, I'd probably still watch it. So there you go. <laughs> uh, fair warning: I don't have uh, any younger nieces and nephews than, than me, but I'm still going to watch it. So you know, so yeah. Um, but real quick, is do we know is Fact Checking Boy like secretly like a senator or chancellor who also disappears every time the Darth Sidious comes around, or? Mm, is that like that a is, thing? That um, is quite the that is quite the theory. Um, <laughs> got there, Jacob. It would be very interesting to explore, um, regardless of of who or what fact checking boy is. Um, they do have an excellent theme, so that's mm, that's, for that's sure. true. That's true. You can't. <laughs> I trust everyone with a good theme song. So anyway, <laughs> he's. <laughs> uh, but moving on to our our last point in the uh, the Star Wars animated lineup. Um, one that they did show the trailer for, which um, Al, I'm gonna let you actually take this away because you you were the one who was talking about how well it was edited. Yes, so uh, they released a trailer. This is one of the um, official trailers they released for um, for um, the mass um, general public. Um, uh, season two of Bad Batch um, is coming, and it's coming quick. Um, yeah, that's a just really well edited trailer. It's a perfect trailer. It's what I want out of trailers because it gives you glimpses of what's going to happen. It, it kind of um, teases you with some images here and there. Um, at one point we see, um, um, it goes by really fast, but at one point you see um, Crosshair talking to Amanda Cody um, in the trailer, um, which is really cool. Um, but, um, you see, um, you also see, um, Ega do some really cool, like, small child martial arts stuff with her bow <laughs> and with some blasters and stuff, which is always, which is always a good time. Um, but, um, no, just go watch that trailer because again, um, it's edited so well and that it shows just glimpses of things without spoiling anything. And um, just like the combination of how quick and clean the cuts are combined with like the rising music in the background, just like is perfectly like edited and organized to really hype you up for the show. So, um, so yeah, I'm really, I'm excited about that. I'm really interested. There's, there's a few kind of interesting um, storylines that kind of call for a bit more um, explanation um, um, and exploration in that. So um, hopefully we get a lot of that. But um, yeah, yeah, that was a very well-made trailer. Yeah, I um, the rumor 
is that Lucasfilm, just in general, like the Star, like the Star Wars groupings, um, are attempting to make the trailers just be from the first like two episodes of each show. Um, because if if you know to, if you if you obsessed over the Kenobi trailer like I did, and then you watch these last two episodes, um, we have seen pretty much everything that we had already seen. Like, there's a couple, like, quick shots that, that we're still kind of waiting to see some stuff. Um, but, like, we've seen, like, that's one of the things that they, they were able to show us a lot of these first episodes without showing a lot of the main kind of storyline. And I think, to the best of my knowledge, I, th- I thought I had read that that's what they were going for with the Bad Batch, too. So everything that we saw from this trailer was just from the first two episodes, um, which, personally, I'm fine with. I hope they keep doing that. I think that's a much more... Uh, interesting and better way to do trailers um you know just show just a little bit of, of the openings and just get us get us enticed get it get us ready to just jump right into whatever you're showing us instead of showing us like the entire movie before we go sit down <laughs> and, I, and i know that like when when al and i talk about that we we have never sounded older or grumpier but you know all these all these young as they watch the entire movie and the damn trailers before they even get get a chance to go get the pop of corn um but anyway it's true it's absolutely true um i do have to apologize um i got all the way through about my spiel about um season two of the bad batch um um i don't think this is a spoiler because again it shows up in the trailer um and supposedly the trailer only covers the first couple episodes but um there is a there's a young jedi visitor who shows up yeah. In the trailer. Um, um, Jacob, would you like to tell me what is so special about this this small young multiple representation uh, representations of their culture, i.e. Black Crescenton versus Chewbacca, who are two completely different characters. Um, but for those of you who watch Clone Wars and watch the 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 arc with the younglings who were building their lightsabers with uh, with Ahsoka, um, I think his name is pronounced pronounced uh, Gunji. It's G U N G I. He's this sure. tiny little Wookie, and uh, if I remember correctly, he had a green lightsaber. And yeah. there is a Wookie with a green lightsaber that shows up in this. And honestly, at this point. I'll actually kind of be upset if it's not him at this point, um, just because it looks just like him. So, um, yeah, no, I would, I would love to see him be like join in with Omega or something like that. Like start hanging out with the bad batch. Um, or maybe the bad batch is going to start going around trying to, um, protect more Jedi and like put them into hiding, which I think would be an awesome story arc for them. Um, and Lord, because Lord knows they've got, they've got so many different things they could do. That's that's why the Bad Batch is such an interesting concept to me, um, because they are just, they are just on the outskirts of like current, like established canon. So like they are just on the outskirts enough that you could pretty much do whatever you want to with their storyline, and it's not really going to affect um, or hurt any kind of timeline before it. Um, which I just I, I love. I'm I'm very excited to see what they're gonna do with Bad Batch. Um also it looks like um one of the interesting things is that it looks like in the trailer that Palpatine is going to be blaming um the Bad Batch 
for let's just say the actions of what happens at the end of season one, um, which I'm really intrigued to see how that works, which I which would automatically like give him more power within the Senate um, if he was like, hey, this happened and it's their fault. So, you know, now we can move more so into the Empire, which I, I think. I think it's kind of an interesting concept to see how it kind of keeps he keeps gaining more favor with people and he keeps gaining more and more power until of course we know 19 years later or I think 18 years later by the bad, by the bad batch time um he this uh, dissolves the senate completely in a new hope so yeah. I'm I, I'm I'm really I'm really intrigued to see where they're where they're going with this uh, I really am um and so. as any as any true Star Wars fan knows I mean he, he is the senate so, he 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 is the Senate. So that, like that is true. That so is true. I like to see some more of the Senate. Just the Senate, yeah, out and doing stuff. So <laughs> I'm down for it. <laughs> um, moving on, we are going to talk a little bit about, um, really a little bit about the High Republic in general. But honestly, the two main things that were announced during the celebration were two new comics from Marvel Comics. Um, currently to the best of my knowledge, IDW has lost, um, most of the publishing rights to different, um, to different, different properties that they had. The primary one being they are no longer publishing the Star Wars Adventures books, um, which on one hand is sad because a lot of those were kind of fun and, and they were good little side stories. On the other hand, now I'm just assuming everything will be going under the, the Marvel banner, which, Either way, I'm going to be getting them all anyway, so either way, it's good for me. Um, but what they did announce for the Higher Public um, this past weekend, first off is the the main title is still just going to be called Star Wars The Higher Public, um, and it still has the same uh, creative team of Kevin Scott and Ario uh, Andito, which I'm very excited about because Kevin Scott is a fantastic writer, and Ario Andito's art is exceptional. Um, great, great creative team. If you haven't had a chance to read the first Higher Public books, I highly suggest it. However, I will give you this heads up right now. You can read one through five concurrently with Light of the Jedi. You can read, I would say, the next three, so up to number eight, um, concurrently with Rising Storm. And I would not... I would not read anything after that until after you've read Fallen Star. I, I, I just wouldn't. Um, unless you want to do like kind of the opposite thing of like where you learn about – unless you just want to read the comics first and then read the books. It's it's up to you. I'm just giving you a heads up on like events that happen in those books directly affect what happens in the comics. Um, so, yeah. But and, I'm – oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, and, um, and if you're like me who tries to collect um, – or so on the trade side. Um, it's simplify things a little bit more than uh, the issues because you don't have to rely so much on the issue numbers because it's in like one nice little collected book. So um, the um, the reading order that I have done um, on High Republic stuff is just um, is just the first book with Light of the Jedi, uh, the first volume of High Republic. Comics after that, then the second book, um, followed by this second volume, um, and then I personally would wait until you 
read the third and last of the High Republic books uh, before you read um, volume three of the comics and the in the Trail of Shadows um, story as well. But that's kind of like a little simple kind of guide uh, that you can follow, though. It's just kind of like the main book, uh, then the first volume of comics, second book, second volume, and then um, go on from there. It's kind of the way I've gone about it. Yeah, and it's just... The Higher Public's fantastic, guys. Like, you, you've... It is, it is a very exciting new piece of Star Wars lore. Just all the characters are really interesting. The writers on this thing, like if if you have a chance and you and you don't want to watch the entirety of Star Wars Celebration, just check out Star Wars um, the the For Light and Life uh, panel. It's it's the High Republic panel where they get all the writers of the different books and comics out there, um, or most of them anyways, or, or all of them from from Phase One at least. And they're just they're great and they're doing great work and I cannot wait for this phase. Um, what is interesting about this phase though, Phase Two. Um, and one of them already said it. They were like, they, they kind of wanted to mirror the Skywalker saga. So the first phase from Light of the Jedi up to Fallen Star takes place uh, 232 years before the Battle of Yavin uh, from Episode 4. Um, phase 2, which is called Quest of the Jedi, uh, is going to be taking place 150 years before that. Um, so they kind of go into the prequels. And then third phase will go into... Um, the final part of the higher public, um, including presumably the acolyte miniseries on Disney plus and the different books and everything. Um, yeah. Woo. However, um, they have, they made sure to mention this, that if you have not checked out all of phase one, have not checked out all the books and comics and cause there, there is a good amount of content out there. Like there, there's a lot to, yeah. to sift through. I, even I haven't read everything just yet. Um, but they, they made sure one of the things they said was that, with Quest of the Jedi Phase Two, you can jump right in, um, because the things that are going to be spoiled for you there. You know, if you do have any spoil, any kind of spoilers, is going to be stuff that's going to be set up later, anyways. Um, so that's going to be answered in Light of the Jedi or Rising Storm or Fallen Star or anything. So, so yeah, so okay. yeah, I'm I'm re- just really excited about Phase Two, man. Really excited about this. Um, That'll be great. The, the oh, main gosh. title in a few oh, years. In a few years, we're going to have a rehashing of, like, what is the optimal way to watch um, <laughs> films in the prequels, except with, like, all of these books and comics, and it's going to be, it's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> Which is a – you thought three – you thought, like, nine movies was hard to keep in order, you know. Uh, start, start trying to check this out. Um <laughs> I, I I will talk about the the main title uh, with Kevin Scott and Ario Andito on uh, the creative team. One of the things that they wanted to do the entire story that they are working on takes place on Jeddah, which is the planet mm-hmm. uh, from Rogue One, which has all the different Jedi temples and the Guardians of the Wills with Kirit and and Baze. Um, and it's and of course they have that fallen uh, Jedi statue, which. A lot of a lot of questions there, um, you know. Um, but one of the things that Kevin Scott said during the panel was he wanted to focus on this idea of Jeddah is like this mecca for basically Force religions, pretty much. So there's there's other there might be other aspects that we see of the Force besides the Jedi or the Sith. Um, like I said, the Guardians of the Wills will most likely be there, and then. 
so on and so forth of so many other things that I'm sure he's going he's going to be focusing on throughout that and really just seeing Jeddah just at its at its peak like when when it was still when, you know the when the higher public was still was such a good time to be a Jedi basically um and this is even before this is before the Nile so it's definitely a good time to be a Jedi so but maybe it isn't because there's a very sinister uh, looking Ooh. face behind that uh, <laughs> that title uh, that title card on that cover so who knows? But um, Al, I'm gonna save the next one for you um, because you know I we we got to hear all about all about the other miniseries. Absolutely, yeah. So um, um, as I kind of alluded to when I was talking about kind of reading order of the novels and the comics, um, there was a secondary series of comics. Um, uh, there was actually a couple of them, I guess, in phase one, but there was one called on um, the trail of shadows. It was like, um, a five issue series, um, that came out, um, to kind of, um, it really works as kind of a tie in between, um, um, uh, the second book and the third book. But, um, but we're getting kind of a similar thing here. We're getting, um, I believe it's, it's a five issue mini series, um, called, um, star Wars, high Republic, the blade, which is going to be a a um, short run story about um, a Jedi that we are introduced to in the very first book um, called Order Ingle, who um, who is a cook who cooks really good stews and really good eggs, um, uh, cooks some really good like um, I assume rice dishes as well because rice is very I mean everybody eats rice. Um, um, but also, um, he's, he's one of, if not, um, the, the greatest Jedis, um, to ever live as far as, um, his skill with a lightsaber, um, as well. And, uh, this is a character who has a lot of really cool moments, um, um, in the books where he's very serious, he's very stoic, um, about, um, the skills that he has. Um, he he considers it to be a very serious and somber thing when he has to use his lightsaber, um, which I think is a really cool and interesting thing. It's almost uh, kind of a contrast to what um, some may expect from somebody who's who's extremely skilled and has a- accumulated this kind of legendary status um, among this um, among the Jedi for being able to use a lightsaber so well. But um, he's a fascinating character already. So I'm really um, intrigued to see him get kind of the spotlight um, with this new series of comics we're going to get. Um, so so that is definitely one I'm going to uh, be putting um, on my pull list at my comic book shop for sure when it comes out. Yeah, I... Um... Charles Soule, like like when I, when I was telling about when I was talking to Josh about this uh, this miniseries, he was like Charles Soule had the easiest job in the world with with this book, and you know honestly, yeah, because because it, it was basically I'm going to create like the the basically the best Jedi samurai of all time, and then you're going to be really interested by him in the first book I write, and then I'm just going to be like, hey, I've got a like a miniseries of comics if you guys want to check it out, and then all of a sudden we're I, I lost my mind when they announced that. I was like, that's the coolest thing. Um, that's the coolest thing that 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 I that that was revealed in my opinion. Um 
you know, um, and and it's it's such a an interesting piece and so, something that has intrigued me so much that I'm not even upset that I have to wait more years before I finally get conclusions following uh, the Fallen Star, um, the third <laughs> book of the of Phase One, which ends on a terrible cliffhanger. Um, <laughs> but uh, but you know, but 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 hey, I, I, I'm okay. We're we're going back to Phase Two, and and and, and that's gonna be great. Um, but uh, but yeah, moving on to our last um, kind of selection here of the different things we're talking about. Uh, of course, naturally, the the biggest things that have really happened for Star Wars over the last couple of years. Uh, I mean, of course, the higher public is huge, but I would say the biggest. Yeah, I, I would say the biggest like pop culture aspects of it, you know, because as cool mm. as the higher public is, it hasn't really hit everyone in the way that the live action television series have um if nothing if nothing else even if they haven't watched all the mandalorian they haven't watched all the book of boba fett or haven't watched kenobi or haven't don't even know what andor or ahsoka is um they know who grogu is and even if they don't know who grogu is they know who baby yoda is so mm-hmm. you know like that's the that's kind of the big thing and they announced one brand new one which they didn't really give us hardly anything on. Um, supposedly it's coming out next year, but they didn't give us like release date. They didn't give us, you know, who, what it's really going to be about. Um, like beyond just like a very kind of base description. Um, but what they announced was called the skeleton crew, um, starring Jude law. It is apparently going to be taking place directly after return of the Jedi. So during the Ahsoka and Mandalorian timeline, mm-hmm. and um, it is going to be about a group of – it says a group of 10-year-olds who end up on a wrong planet, which that sounds like crazy hijinks as it is. It kind of sounds like it skipped a couple steps there, but okay. It, it really did. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, getting 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 – you know, lost in a town, getting lost on a planet is, is, you know, one thing getting lost on a different planet is a whole other. Um, cause <laughs> sooner or later they had to get involved in a ship. I'm, um, I'm not, and I mean, look everybody, I'm not one to talk. I've gotten lost on the way to five guys, burgers and fries before, but <laughs> <laughs> to simply say, um, this group of children just happened to be on the wrong planet. That's kind of, that's being a little bit dishonest in your pitch. That, that's okay. <laughs> but but hey, that's it, like I said, it was vague. But um, but it does. I mean, it does sound. Here's the thing, though. It's it interests me. I'm I'm intrigued. You know, because I'm like, well, what's going to happen next? Um, but uh, but yeah, the only main things besides that, they said Jude Law is going to be starring in it. Which of course, Jude Law is fantastic. So. <laughs> Which even that, like, it, if anything, it adds even more intrigue because it's a show about a group of 10-year-olds who get who get lost on the wrong planet. <laughs> and it's just like starring Jude Law. And you're just like, is Jude Law playing one of the 10-year-olds? Because that's going to be the performance of a, of a lifetime. <laughs> I hope he is. I, re- I really do. I, I hope it's like Terry Crews when he has that little, uh, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, when he has that little sign that just says seven-year-old boy. That's, <laughs> exactly. that's, that's my hope. Um, fantastic, fantastic! You know, Star Wars really pushes actors to their limits, so I'm, I'm excited. Really do. <laughs> um, they um, 
this is, we do have confirmation of who is doing this series, which that that part alone makes it interesting. Um, it makes it makes it worth wanting to watch, which because it is John Watts who is the director of Spider-Man: Homecoming, uh, Spider-Man: yeah. Far From Home, and Al, what was that last one? Um, I believe that was Spider-Man. Um, um, too many Spider-Man three. Ah, too many Spider-Man. Too many Spider-Man. Gotcha. Yeah. Too many Spider-Man. Yeah. Spider-Man colon too many Spider-Man. Spider-Man three. Where did all the Spider-Man come from? (laughs) Um, but no, I'm, I'm very, I'm very excited to see, to see, uh, him join the kind of the star Wars uh, mythos as a, as a creator. I'm, I, can't remember if he's directing and writing or if he's just directing. I know he is technically the showrunner, so I know he is involved um, very heavily with it. Um, so I'm 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 intrigued to see see what's going to be like. Um, but we didn't really have a whole lot like announced on that one, so you know. Yep, it's a show. It's coming. It's a show. Yeah. It's got Jude Law possibly as as a ten year old boy. Let's do it. <laughs> it could. <laughs> Al, you want to tell us about the uh, about the next one, the one where uh, I don't know if you if you have my notes pulled up. Um, no, no, I don't want to talk about this one at all. Why would I oh, want to talk about this one? You sure? Um, <laughs> yes, I can. Um, so, um, yeah, we're getting um, just a little show. Um, I don't know if anybody's really heard about it um, in the works or anything. Um, it's a little show called Ahsoka. Um, Woo! Um, Pace on the character of the same name. Um, I'm yeah, I, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, when I first when I first decided to kind of do a um, to kind of do my deep dive into all of the expanded universe Star Wars stuff, um, the books that I started with were um, were actually um, the favorites of Star Wars books of my wife. Um, so, um, I started out with heir to the empire, but of the, of the shows that I decided to start with though, um, I'd already watched, um, a little bit of clone wars in college. So I knew the character and I was overjoyed to see the character reappear in the first, um, real expanded universe show. I really devoted myself to, um, in star Wars, star Wars rebels. And, we got some confirmation about this stuff that um, they're bringing just pretty much the entire starring cast of Star Wars Rebels into the Ahsoka show. Like, um, we got confirmation, at least, that of um, Hera, Chopper, and Sabine um, are going to be in it. We got um, a confirmation of the actress cast as Sabine, uh, who seems to be just already very much entrenched um, in Star Wars lore and fandom, um, so she's going to be great. Um, there are heavy suggestions um, that Ezra is going to be at least involved in some way. Um, if anybody who has seen the ending of the Rebels show, um, you can probably guess what uh, my thoughts are kind of going to be concerning what the Ahsoka show is about and how those might kind of relate to each other. Again, don't want to get into any like huge spoilers with any stuff on this episode, but... Um, but yeah, and then um, anybody who saw Ahsoka's appearance, um, her first appearance in season two of The Mandalorian, um, knows that she's she seems to be a little bit um, invested in finding a certain um, 
Grand Admiral mm. of the Lost Empire. So very, uh, very sexy have, Grand Admiral. So yeah, so yeah, we're gonna see some particular Star Wars fans may describe him as as a super sexy version of Adam, of Grand Moff Tarkin, but um, <laughs> but which to me is is a weird thing to specify. But okay, uh, <laughs> don't know who would do that, but. Um, so yeah, we got a lot of info as far as um, as far as characters to make appearances in in this show, um, and then we got confirmation that's going to be out in 2023. I believe we got confirmation that's going to be out after season three of The Mandalorian, too, um, or as well. I mean, um, so so yeah, that I'm not sure if that's my highest anticipated project out of Star Wars that's coming up. But even if it's not the highest, it's up there. It's in, like, it's it's in top two contention for sure. Yeah, I'm. I can't wait. I, I really can't wait. And uh, and I, I agree with you. I, th- I think, I think they kind of by the by the sec by the uh, sexy uh, grand admiral that they're that she's looking for you kind of get an idea of what the storyline's going to be um but i'm i'm ready for that storyline because i was as much as i love rebels i was kind of upset with how it ended um uh, <laughs> only in the sense of like the cliffhanger aspect um sure. because i wanted more um and now we're getting a little bit more and i'm okay with that um if anybody if, any con- if anyone's confused on what the hell we're talking talking about, we're talking about Grand Admiral Thrawn. I just want to throw oh, that yes. out. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna keep it going of just going as the sexy Grand Admiral. Like I going forward. Here's the thing: if we we have plans to do the Air of the Empire one, and I'm probably gonna call it the sexy Grand Admiral the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. It's just it's just gonna be. Hey, is that character ever named in these books? No. Nope. No, the the just, blue sexy Grand Admiral. <laughs> just the blue sexy Grand Admiral. <laughs> blue sexy Admiral. That's all it is. Um. So yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be good stuff. I love. I love that. In all of these things that have been announced, um, my heart generally just kind of soars, um, S-O-A-R-S, soars in a positive way, for, um, <laughs> for, um, for Dave Filoni in general, because Dave Filoni is just like living his best life, man. That is a person, that is a person who lives and breathes passion for Star Wars. Um, so like, I'm really happy. You know, I bet, um, Jacob, I bet he felt the same as you with how um, his show ended uh, with Star Wars Rebels. I'm, I'm sure yeah. he, he kind of felt the same. I'm sure he was just kind of like, man, there's other things I wanted to do. But here we are now. He gets an infinitely bigger budget than Rebels ever had. He does. <laughs> Go ahead he and, and wrap, does. That, wrap that show up. So here we go. But no, I'm just really um, – I loved watching um, his interviews um, over the weekend um, because yeah. – I mean, like everybody, obviously, is very invested um, in the stories that are being told. But hey, Filoni, man, that's just a. Uh, I mean, he's living the dream. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I can't. I can't really say enough good things about Dave Filoni. No matter. No matter your thoughts on, you know, any issues that you might have with Clone Wars or Rebels or even The Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett, you you can't say anything against Dave Filoni just as a person. Um, because, because like you said, he is just, 
so invested and so passionate about everything that he does, not only just for Star Wars, but just for fans in general. Um, and that's that's some that's just this is great. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see Ahsoka. I I will admit I was in the group that um, I wanted actually Eckstein to play her in real in real life as well. I want uh, Freddie Prince Jr. to come back as Kanan. I, I'm Taylor Gray as Ezra, like Vanessa Marshall as Hera, like bring them all. But mm. you know, at at the same time, watching the interview with Rosaria Dawson, who plays a so who will play Ahsoka in live action, and uh, Natasha Liu Bordizzo, um, who's going to be playing Sabine, they both have such a love and a reverence and for the characters and everything. And you can, you can tell that they, they really just love the fact that they get to be there um, and get to be part of star Wars as well. And, you know, Ashley Eckstein and, and uh, uh, Tia Sarkar, I think is her name is the girl who plays Sabine in the rebel show. You know, both of them, I know they, they're just very happy for them and they, you know, they're kind of willing to kind of let them uh, kind of pass the baton off to them as well. And, and of course, Ashley Exxon will be playing Ahsoka in Tales of the Jedi. So, you know, her her, her role is not done just yet um, mm-hmm. as the as the character. So. So, yeah. But, yeah, I'm very, very excited for Ahsoka. Um, the next one is kind of interesting because it is probably the one that I had the least interest in, if I'm completely honest. Um, but the trailer that they showed for it was very very intriguing to me and, and and once again also pretty well edited like, like in, in the sense of like i don't know exactly what's going to happen in this show but i'm i'm okay with it um and that is andor which mm. is um the last name of cassian andor uh from rogue one it's going to be kind of his origin story and kind of the birth of the rebel alliance because uh, it's going to from the look of the trailer it's going to be a lot about him and mon mothma um, trying to set up an actual like rebel alliance because of course that's one of the the interesting things about the rebel show and then also um, uh, also Rogue One is how fractured the rebel alliance was basically before you get the main three uh, or re- excuse me the main four I love me some Chewie uh, the main four characters um, <laughs> in episode in episode four. Uh, becoming, you know, the heroes of the Rebel Alliance and everything, and really kind of having something to kind of rally behind. Um, Al, what were your thoughts on the Andor trailer? Um, yeah, I mean, this is one that after it dropped, um, and I got a chance uh, to actually sit down and watch the trailer um, after work that day. But um, after it dropped and I watched it, um, um, I texted the group chat and I was just like, you know what? I'm not really sure what's going on in this trailer. Like, uh, we've got like political stuff happening. We got Cassie Andor just over there being handsome in alleyways, which is a big thing his character does. Um, you know, we've got this guy just hitting the hell out of this anvil thing in the center of town. I don't know what that's about. But, <laughs> but you know, I don't know what's going on in that trailer, but, like, I'm kind of here for it. I kind of, I, I I don't know. I'm just at the point in my life where, like, 
I just rather not know about stuff until I'm sitting down watching it. <laughs> That's just kind of where I am. So as far as that goes, that trailer was like an A plus for me because I was just like <laughs> I reckon I recognize a couple of those characters. I kind of have an idea of like where this show's going to take place in the timeline, and I don't know what the hell else is going on. So let's let's do it. I'm I'm ready. <laughs> this is this is what I want from things that I love. But um, no, Andor. It's going to be really interesting. Um, I feel like this is something we're going to talk about a little bit uh, later on in the year when we get to um, some of the other kind of Vogue canon um, expanded universe books uh, that we're going to read and cover um, on the show. But the the political side of of events in Star Wars. Um, is one of those things that it's not always like the most eye-catching or ear-catching thing that's going on in Star Wars. But due to the nature of the stories being told, it's hard to separate, you know, the fancy lightsaber duels and the and the blaster fights and all of these other events going on. It's hard to separate those from the political backdrop of what's going on um, in the timeline and in the context of it. And so it'll be interesting to see how they attempt to handle that because I feel like Andor is going to be a show that kind of requires a little bit more of that kind of social and political discourse um, that uh, we've kind of skirted around a bit with a lot of other like, uh, with like a lot of the other shows and movies and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle it and how they handle um, that kind of encroaching almost into an almost kind of Game of Thrones-esque kind of political backdrop for all the other things that are going on. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle it. Um, I will say that Andor is my wife's um, highest anticipated um, Star Wars thing uh, that's coming out, that's on the schedule. Uh, um to come out so so that'll definitely be we uh, a one that we watch every week um um in our household so so we're very glad it's happening for sure it'll just be interesting to see how they handle the more um how they handle the balance of the action-oriented stuff and the more political stuff while still keeping everything interesting for audiences well, now I kind of feel like an ass because I was like, this is the one I'm not really that excited for. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, but, you know, more importantly than that, though, that is, uh, you know, that's that's the magic of Star Wars. You know, what what may not interest you so much, what era may not interest you so much is someone else's favorite, you know, or, or most anticipated thing that's coming out. Um, and for the record, like, I don't mean that as in like, oh, Andor's going to be trash, you know, or anything like that, because one, that's not what we do around here. That's just not how we, that's not how we view things. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where I, I, to me, Andor wasn't one that I was more excited for, because of course I know how the story ends, but in fairness, I know how the story ends for Obi-Wan Kenobi as well. So, you know, maybe there's more things to be seen than, than, than I was really paying attention to. Um, so yeah. And, and plus it'll be cool to see, like I said, the openings of the rebel Alliance. I think that's going to be really interesting. Um, that era, it, it seems like the directly after return of the Jedi and directly after revenge of the Sith era is kind of 
where where we're all kind of hitting our sweet spot right now between the Bad Batch, Kenobi, Andor, um, and for the Internet Return of the Jedi, of course, we have Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, um, and now the Skeleton Crew. <laughs> the skeleton Crew. Um, and Skeleton Crew. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's... It's it, it's a it's definitely an important era, and I'm 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 excited to see more about it. Um, but yes, moving on, our final final thing that we're going to discuss because naturally we could not discuss Star Wars Celebration without discussing the fact that yes, Mandalorian season three is supposedly dropping in February of 2023, less than a year away. Ooh. Still far too long for my taste personally, um, <laughs> but I cannot wait for this show um so many things that that could be so interesting to see al hit, hit me with it you're you're the number one thing you're you're excited to see in in this going forward and it ha- have and i know they this is another one where they 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 hid the trailer but have yeah. you had a chance to to like look at what people talked about in the trailer and are what what are you kind of intrigued to see from that yeah, um, I tried to find the trailer. Um, I think it was the m- the main thing coming out of Star Wars Celebration that got struck down um, as soon as it, as soon as it got uploaded to places you might be able to watch it. But um, yeah, I found a couple of articles and blog posts that like tried to describe the various shots and scenes that were shown in the trailer, but like. I gave up on those. I was just like, you know what? It's fine. Like, I don't need, I don't need this weird, like (laughs) this weird secondhand description of what happened in the trailer. Like I can, I can wait. (laughs) There's plenty of other content that's coming, but um, I mean, just going off of um, season two, of the Mandalorian and then several episodes of the book of Boba Fett as well, or as I like, or as I have come to call it um, season 2.5 of the Mandalorian, um, <laughs> um, I mean, we know that um, tensions have to be building up between Okatan and Din as far as who wields the Darksaber, as far as who is the leader of Andalore, um, what, what sect and subculture of the Andalorians is, is right in air quotations, if you will, <laughs> um, you know what part that is going to play in the overarching kind of conflict between those two. So you know that's going to have to be at least eventually at the forefront. We might get some other stuff first, but you know it's kind of building towards that. Um, of course, and at this point, I do want to clarify: heading into full spoiler territory now. At this point, for those shows we've talked about. Just as a heads up, as a red flag for everybody who doesn't want to get spoiled on stuff they haven't seen yet. Um, we also know that Grogu is back with our boy. Um, the boys Woo! have been reunited. So, yeah. So, um, so it'll be fun to see what goes on there. Um, um, what kind of shenanigans those those guys get into. Um, but, um, yeah, it's it's interesting because as of right now, you almost get the feeling with how with how season two of the Mandalorian ended, you almost kind of get the feeling that it's unclear if there's gonna really be a, a traditional enemy or villain 
in season three. Um, um, obviously, we see, you know, um, the Rebellion or the Mandalorians. Somebody has Moff Gideon at this point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> somebody has him. Um, I don't think it's stated who, there. who exactly, <laughs> like what faction of the Republic has him at this point, but we know <laughs> they have him, right? Um, so kind of the driving antagonistic force up to this point um, is in chains. Uh, that being said, uh, I hope we get plenty of his character on screen, um, even if it's just various agents of the new republic um going in trying to interrogate moff gideon <laughs> like because yeah. because those scenes are going to be fantastic yeah. um and so there are some questions about that there are some questions about you know um whose orders that gideon was trying to operate under um, if he was really trying to do his own thing, what he really wanted to do with Grogu, um, there's this idea, you know, we see in a particularly dark moment of the season two finale that when Gideon really realizes that the jig is up for him, um, he tries to off himself. And so that to me was one of the more underrated kind of less talked about moments in season two because why would he be so eager to not be taken prisoner by the new republic um so it'll be interesting to see how much he's utilized it'll be interesting to see what comes of these other conflicts that are popping up around them but um um yeah man i think that i mean you talked about it earlier as far as things that have had the most cultural impact in kind of this new era of star wars entertainment i mean it's it's pretty hard to argue against it being um the Mandalorian. so um so yeah i'm interested to hear your thoughts what do you think is going to go on with this um show with the conflict brewing with the different characters who are who are in various tough situations who are in a, a little bit of a jam if you will, in various ways. Um, so, you have any thoughts or predictions on this stuff? So, wild prediction, okay. And if Josh was on this podcast, he'd be annoyed. He'd be very, very annoyed by uh, by what I'm about to say here. Yes, well, that's uh, exactly why we're very spark. <laughs> we're very sparing with how often we invite Josh on our show. <laughs> <laughs> We we lo- no we we genuinely love Josh on the show. Obviously, he will be he he he's got two more episodes uh, through through this first season. Uh, I'm now calling our years into seasons. By the way, uh, I like it. No, he's he's got two more episodes, and we're 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 very happy to have him. Um, how, however, he and, and 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 honestly, rightfully so. He he might be right about this. Um. Because once again, we're going into heavy Mandalorian season two spoilers. If you're if you're not there yet, dude. Um, but anyways, um, I mean, if you just heard me talk, you just heard yeah, exactly, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, fair. yeah, good, good point. <laughs> um, but no, I um, the big thing for me is because it's even the title of the show. What does it mean to be a Mandalorian at this point? Um, 
almost in the same sense of as we're watching, you know, these different stories take place right after the prequel era. What does it mean to be a Jedi at that point? Uh, and what does it mean to be a Jedi in the sequel era, you know, with Ray and even with Luke and in the original trilogy? But here it's what does it mean to be a Mandalorian? Because they are just as old as the Jedi, and yet we know much less about their culture and about who they are. Um, and it's it's an era that I'm I am hoping we get more we we get more of a study into, and it looks like they're hinting towards that. It really does, um, because even in the one episode that he takes over completely in Book of Boba Fett, um, I think it's pretty telling that one of the first thing, one of the things that they, that within an hour of screen time, one thing that you make sure to show is that the armor has a very different mentality um, for what it is to be a Mandalorian versus Bo-Katan and versus Sabine Wren as well. Mm-hmm. Um I think the interesting I think what's interesting and I think what would be an interesting storyline is trying to unite under one under one rule uh the entire the entirety of the Mandalorian uh culture basically at that point. Do I think that's possible? Not without um a pretty epic season of battles. Um I think that's definitely and and conflicts um, but I think that's kind of what they're heading towards is who is going to be the dominant force. And I think that Bo-Katan is going to try to challenge, uh, Din for the dark saber. And like you said, with, uh, it's going to be kind of just like, I don't even want this. Like I, I want, I want the child. I, I want to save Grogu. Yeah. Um, but I'm really, I'm really kind of intrigued to see where they're going to be taking that, that aspect of the, of the story arc. Um, you know, because they they they've had they've had too much of because because we know for a fact we're going to see Mandalore in this because because we because I, I know you said you you hadn't looked at what was shown in the uh, trailer, but one of the things that they said was they there is a there is a shot of Mandalore um, currently after it's been destroyed and bombed entirely by the Empire. Um, which we see in Book of Boba Fett. That's when when the armorer is talking. That's one of the things that we see. Um, but yeah, like that's that's my main. That's where I think the storyline is going. Is that it's not even going to be so much about you know having one big bad as it is going to be, you know, Moff Gideon was the one who last got the dark saber. I'm assuming. We'll, I'm assuming we'll learn how he got the dark saber from. Oh. Hopefully, I'd like to learn how we got the dark saber. <laughs> I, I would too. I don't that, think that's they, too much to ask. <laughs> because, like, canonically, the last time we see the dark saber is with Sabine, isn't it? Well, Sabine, I'm pretty sure. I could be super wrong about this. It's been a while since I've seen the last season of Rebels, but I'm pretty sure I recall Sabine yielding the lightsaber tube. Hokatan. Um Okay, but you can't do that apparently. <laughs> which yeah, which if I'm remembering that right, means Bo Katan is even is even more full of crap than people thought she was. So <laughs> so I don't know. I do need to go back. 
Um, I just want to revisit the last season of Rebels in general because it's really, really good. But um, that specifically, I need to go back and review because um, the journey of the Darksaber is very is very strange right now. And we do need some questions answered about it. <laughs> and, and I think, the, if I remember correctly, their original pitch was that they had six seasons planned. Like, they, they could go up to six seasons on Mandalorian. Um, which, for the record... Let's go. Like I'm. Oh, oh, oh no! Not more Mandalorian. <laughs> you know, like, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> no, I will. I will absolutely watch watch six seasons of this. Um, because Peter Pascal, who he, we did get to see him a little bit this weekend, uh, he came out during the parts that were going to be aired at home, and he is just. That man is just a, a delight. Like I, the, of of all the celebrities I could meet, he he might be the number one for me. Like I just I want to meet him because he is just such a genuinely just happy and fun person, and he has played these characters that are just so just just so awesome. And and I just yeah I just and and, and he's such a good actor too. Mm-hmm. Uh, like man. I, I could I could literally spend the next hour talking about how good Peter Pascal is just in general, but especially even just as, as Din Djarin. Um But yeah, that's that's my crazy theory as, as I think that they're I think they're heading towards that concept of what does it mean to be a Mandalorian in a post Empire world, like like when literally you could restart everything at scratch, basically. Mm, sure. uh, but also. You know what does that mean for the different characters surrounding it? Because you do have really the two the two sides of the, of that conflict who are both very very you know entrenched in their own thoughts, and then you have Din who is basically at this point just like, look, I have found something that is beyond what the old ways of the Death Watch or the modern ways of the New Mandalore. Uh, aspect are and that is just I want to raise this child and make sure that he is okay and that is more important to me than any any kind of creed or or any kind of oath that has taken before and so that's 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 my prediction that's where the storyline is going to go um don't know what's going to happen with any character but uh, that's that's my prediction but that's where it's going yeah and I mean even in our discussion of it I mean the thing um, again, the thing kind of staring us in the face is a conflict between Din um, and Bo-Katan. Um, but also, I mean, in our ramblings about what we think is going to happen in season three, we haven't even touched upon, you know, the fact that uh, um, that Din kind of accepted this this command to go on a journey of atonement from the Armorer um, yep. as well. That that's kind of, at least for him, that's kind of the... Uh, what you would expect the focus of his character to be right now, now that he has the child back and now that he's kind of um, um, in control of that um, again, that, um, that that should be kind of his focus. So it's, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays into it as well. What kind of things that that atonement is going to, to bring to him, um, what kind of challenges and also how, if at all, it'll, kind of loop back around to um, what's going on with um, the other Mandalorians as well. So yeah, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot of potential stuff going on. Um, I'm kind of at the point where I'm just like, y'all look, just 
just just give these seasons more episodes. Like yeah. just give yeah. just give us like an eighteen episode <laughs> season three. Like like I don't care I don't care what the executives at, at Disney have to do. Like they might not be able to like have their bottles of tequila they get every three hours. Like to save money for more for more Mandalorian episodes. I don't care what they have to do, but like I mean I don't know, man. If CW has enough change in their coffers to give us, you know, a final twenty episode season of like that weird Archie comics show, then like we should be able to get more than eight episodes of the Mandalorian. <laughs> that that might be fair. That might be fair. <laughs> <It's insane>. um... <laughs> Although I have heard delightful things about Riverdale, and it all sounds so insane, I'm probably gonna have to sit down and watch it one day. But, oh boy. but that that is that is a I'm certain that'll be a like video series or TikTok series or something that we all will get to go down together. <laughs> um, but that ends it for us today. Um, please please check out uh, the EU or EU podcast coming up this month because we are going to be covering the first two. Uh, volumes of Kieran Gillen's Darth Vader run. Yeah. Uh, and, and excuse me, Kieran Gillen and Salvador La Roca, because let me tell you, one of my favorite artists in comics just over, over the last like 20 years is Salvador La Roca. That man is incredible. And his work is incredible in this. Um, and yeah, it's a, the, some of the things that he draws in this, it, it's, it's one of those where like you can tell, that he was like, I get to draw what for Star Wars? And he was just like, well, here we go. And I'm going to do, I'm going to give you the best possible version you could ever think of this scene. Um, and Lord knows I've, we've got plenty to say about it. Um, so please check that out. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us and listening and celebrating Star Wars with us. We love you all so much. Al, I love you. And I hope you all remember that fandom is for everyone and that Star Wars is for everyone. And I hope that you all have a wonderful day. This is where the fun begins. This is where the fun begins. <laughs>